This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. Today is Friday, May 7th, 2021. I'm Jason Breifel from Shaw, Bransford & Roth. This is our Public Service Recognition Week Public Service Partnerships Program. And I'm happy to have two great friends of Fed Talk joining us here today. Let me kick us off by welcoming back to the program, Joan Melanson to the show. Joan is the Director of Education and Outreach at FedPoint USA. Welcome back to Fed Talk, Joan. Happy you can be joining us today. No, it's nice to be here, albeit virtually, but um, it's still nice to be on the show. Uh, And I'd also like to welcome back Joyce Warner. Joyce is the Executive Director of the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, FIA. Welcome back to Fed Talk, Joyce. Thanks, Jason. And as I said, we'll be talking about all things public service recognition and the ways that FIA and FedPoint are working together and working in the community to support feds and and public servants across our country. Before we dive into our program, I wanted to remind our listeners that Fed Talk is brought to you by the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program. The program is sponsored by the Office of Personnel Management, insured by John Hancock Life and Health Insurance Company under a group long-term care insurance policy administered by Long-Term Care Partners, LLC, doing business as FedPoint. To learn more, visit them at www.ltcfeds.com today. Well, again, thank you so much, Joan and Joyce, for being here with us on the program. I know that some of our listeners may have heard about you both in your organizations, but just in case they haven't, if we have any folks catching us for the first time, uh, please let's let's give some folks some some bearing on, on who you are, who your organizations are, and what your roles are are within the community. And um, Joan, let's go to you first. Uh, please tell us about uh, FedPoint. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Uh, FedPoint, and we were known before as long-term care partners, we're the administrators of the federal long-term care insurance program, uh, FELDSIP, as we're fondly known as, as well as FedVIP, which is the uh, federal dental and vision benefits website. And um, so we are under contract um, by Office of Personnel Management. We've been uh, working in the educational field. Our mission is to educate uh, federal employees, uh, their eligible family members and the military on these very important benefits for their families. So, um, and one of the reasons that we worked very closely with FIA since almost our inception in 2002 is that we have similar goals that are aligned. We do, um, we believe in, in education and providing information so that family members can make an informed uh, decision. But I would, first of all, like to congratulate FIA because we've been around since 2002, which is 19 years, but they've been around for 35 years now. Congratulations, Joyce. And um, and the leadership that she's had since she's uh, come on board, uh, the website and every all the activities and the initiatives that she's done have really, really moved FIA to uh, the next level. So uh, congratulations to Joyce and congratulations to uh, uh, all the employees for the Public Service Recognition Week. I mean, we, we've been working together. I think we've done this show before, Joyce, yes. at this time of the year. The difference is we're usually together in the studio and now we're in three different locations. So, um, but thank you very much, Jason. Well, thanks, Joan. And, and again, so glad to have you back on the program. Well, well, Joyce, well, that was a wonderful introduction that, yeah. that Joan just gave you, but again, you know, let's, let's, let's let folks hear some more about FIA, uh, who you guys are all about, what your programs are, 
And then we'll dive into that in some more detail as we move through our conversation today. Sure. So FIA um, is, as you mentioned earlier, is the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund. We are the national charity for federal employees and their families. So we operate all across the United States in the U.S. territories with federal civilians stationed overseas. And as Joan thanked, thank you, Joan, and congratulated us. This is our 35th anniversary. Um, And so in that time, in those 35 years, FIA has helped over 60,000 federal families across a variety of programs. That includes scholarships, uh, emergency hardship programs, um, disaster relief, we have some new programs, one of which we started with long, uh, with the federal long-term care program and FedPoint this year on tutoring, our COVID response. So and I can talk more about that, but it's been just an amazing 35 years. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to the next 35. Well, uh, thanks so much, Joyce. And I, uh, I'll join Joan in, in commending you for your leadership at FIA. And it's a uh, really special for us here at Shaw Bransford to host host FIA and to be talking about Public Service Recognition Week for our listeners out there who might not be aware. Our uh, founder of our firm, Jerry Shaw, back in the 1980s in the the heydays of government employee bashing um, that we've seen for, frankly, far too long in this country, uh, helped stand up um, the Public Employees Roundtable, uh, a coalition of organizations that sparked and launched Public Service Recognition Week back in 1985. And he also teamed up with the National Treasury Employees Union to found FIA um, and to focus on bringing labor and management together uh, to focus on supporting the workforce at a time where that wasn't necessarily the uh, focus of of the administration or the public rhetoric and discussion in this country. So again, it's it's a really special time for, for us to be hosting this program and discussion during PSRW. Uh, Jason, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and one of the um, uh, uh, tributes you can give to Joyce is uh, while everybody's working remotely that uh, public service uh, recognition week is still happening on a virtual basis. And I, we all do hope that the federal employees and their families know that they are being recognized for all the work that they do. And um, so to, to do these things virtually is, is, is really, it's really nice uh, because we're seeing it in some of the participation that we have, not only in the, um, in the feds in motion, but some of the other uh, affinity groups uh, that we work with as well as uh, federal executive board folks, they're doing virtual events to keep people engaged and to keep them um, uh, thinking about the fact that they are part of the community. Yeah, and I think that that community notion is is a really powerful and important one, you know, building each other up, um, bringing each other together um, is is really key, especially if, if the support isn't coming there from, from the outside and um, you know, uh, these opportunities, especially virtually, that, that can kind of democratize that participation and, and open it up a little bit more, um, I think, are, are, are really positive to see. And, uh, Joan, you mentioned the uh, Feds in Motion Challenge. Joyce, could you tell us briefly about that before we take our first break? And then we'll dive in in some more details about uh, what the, the Feds in Motion Challenge is. Sure. The Feds in Motion Challenge is in honor of our 35th anniversary. It started on May 2nd, so just the other day, and it goes through June 5th. And it is an opportunity for um, feds and their families to get out and get more motion in their lives. We know it's been really, unfortunately, a sedentary, sedentary time for many people more than they would have liked. And it's spring, and we think it's a good opportunity for people to get out and walk, run, bike, swim, wheel, um, 35 or more miles over the next 35 days. And you know, after the break, I can play a little bit more about what else is included in the challenge. Thanks so much, uh, Joyce. We're going to pause here to take our first break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network.
Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We are going to come back into our conversation on Public Service Recognition Week. And before the break, Joyce Warner from the FIA, the Federal Employee Education Assistance Fund, is telling us about their new Feds in Motion 35 challenge. And uh, I've got to share a story that uh, this weekend, on May 2nd, to kick off the challenge, I tried to run a mile. And somehow I was able to do a mile in less than 10 minutes without throwing up. I don't know how this is possible. Um, I have been one of those people who's been tethered to my chair sitting in the office and have a job that I used to work, walk, you know, two to five miles a day, go into meetings, walking around Capitol Hill, doing other things like that. And there's been a lot less of that in my life. And uh, so kudos for kicking off the challenge, Joyce and uh, encouraging uh, me and others to get out there. Uh, I will say I went into the leaderboard to try to log my, my score, and I felt so embarrassed by you know, these other folks who are bike riders and swimmers who are doing mega distance uh, already just a few days in. So um, <laughs> you want to tell us, tell us some more about the <laughs> challenge and ways for folks to get involved. I know we just started, but hopefully it's not too late, but I wanted to no. share share my experience to encourage folks to get out there. And I will say everyone is welcome. This is a very open and accessible event. Um, and it's really, you know, yeah, other people are posting in leaderboard, but it's where you are. So for if you're moving up to walking a mile a day from not having done that over the last 14 months, that's a huge accomplishment for you. So we, we are really open to everybody setting their own goals. It's been super exciting. We have over 1,300 people signed up so far, which is awesome, all across the U.S. We are still looking for someone from Rhode Island. You know, Rhode Island is the only state right now where we don't have somebody registered, um, but we're working on that. And, and registration is open, and it's at fia.org forward slash challenge. So you can still sign up. Um, we have over 100 teams participating in the event, and, um, and the teams are, it could be a group of colleagues, it could be a family, it could be a group of friends. Um, some of the teams have very traditional names, Team FAA, the Chicago VA, and some of the teams are very interesting with their titles, um, Wolfpack. The Bourbon Trail Crawlers, the Jersey <laughs> We have a lot of variety in our team names. Um, and then everyone who registers gets a swag box, which a lot of, with a lot of cool stuff in it, including a great T-shirt and a participation medal. And you get access to five Wellness Wednesday workshops. Um, the first one was this week, um, and it was on ergonomics and working at home. We're also going to have yoga, stretching, mindful eating, and meditation. And these are all kind of in the in you know the twelve or one o'clock Eastern time frame. They're all done by professional trainers. Um, and if you're not part of the challenge, although we hope you'll join, if you're part of the challenge, you get a login where you can um, ask questions of the trainers and you can participate in some of the raffles and drawings we're doing. But if you're not, you can uh, simulcast stream them on Facebook at the same time. So we're trying to make them as accessible to everyone as possible. And, and it's really excited. And I have to thank the Federal Long-Term Care Program and Joan and FedPoint for being part of the challenge and sponsoring the challenge. And we also have Blue Cross and WEPA and GHA and a lot of other uh, groups have come together to support the challenge. It's only $35 to join the challenge. And then we do ask everyone to raise $35, which they can do through Facebook fundraisers that integrate with your profile. You know, you get your friends to give two or $3 each because all of this money goes towards our scholarships and our grants and our disaster relief and all the programs. This is one of the ways we support the federal families in need. Thanks so much, Joyce. And it's, uh, it's really exciting to see 100 teams and so much participation. And I want to emphasize to folks that it's not too late to sign up. You can, uh, you can catch up on that leaderboard and uh, vault your team to the top. 
And at the end of the day, it's all about supporting a great cause and, and some of the other programs that we'll be talking about uh, here today on Fed Talk. Um, well, I'm talking about health, you know, Joan, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. I know that we had you on back during open season with Jay Fritz from, from OPM. Um, and so, you know, we have had you to talk about what's going on with with the healthcare situation and with long-term care during the COVID pandemic and other things like, like telehealth, but, but kind of just curious, you know, since, since we've last talked to you in the past five months or so, what's new, what's the same kind of, what, what are you and your team over at FedPoint focused on? Well, uh, in the healthcare space. Yes. Well, uh, because of COVID there's increased um, emphasis and focus on health in general healthcare in general, and people are, are taking stock of, um, of their health, the health of their families, and they're taking time to really, uh, uh, and, and, and some people are, are exercising more and doing that. Other people are getting the COVID-15, which is turning into the COVID-30 from sitting around. But, but needless to say, it's, it's, it's about health. And long-term care insurance is part of health. It's the part that people don't want to think about because uh, it, it's, it's when you're getting care for um, what we call activities of daily living. It's help with eating, bathing, dressing. When you're not going to get better, we all think of, of health and we think of health insurance and we think of getting into the hospital, being patched up and coming home. But with long-term care, that's not the case. We can't patch you up anymore. It's really um, oftentimes end of life. Uh, types of things for older people, but it can also uh, happen to younger folks as well. Um, and, and the reason it's become to the forefront is that with COVID, uh, folks who've been in a facility have been uh, very isolated. And you know, you, you can go to visit people in facilities, it's hard to get into hospitals. It's, you know, they're really very, they've been very, very isolated. And that is really countered to what you want to do for, for folks. Um, you want to keep them stimulated and keep them positive and, and so forth. So it's been a really tough year for everybody with COVID. But I think it's had a really adverse impact on uh, folks who have been in facilities and isolated. So there's a lot of talk about long-term care and particularly the felts of because of our very strong home health care benefit. To add on to that, one of the ways, uh, one of the programs FIA has that I didn't mention before is called Fed Life Hacks. And in this program, we try to take information we know federal families are looking for and put it out there in, in plain English <laughs> without regulatory terms, yeah. plain English. And, um, and Joan and, and FedPoint have been a great supporter of this program and following up on her point about home health care, we have published a whole series of short videos and briefs on being a remote caregiver if your parents live far away or how to help them move closer or how to help them age in place their home um, or protecting them from scams. Such a big issue this mm -hmm. recently, right? And so if you go to fia.org forward slash hacks, you can see under the family tab, all these resources. And so many of them have been um, supported by the federal long-term care program to help people think holistically about all their loved ones, you know, for themselves too, but all their loved ones as they begin to age. Thank you, Joyce, for the endorsement on that. Um, because um, you're right, a lot of people don't understand what long term care insurance can do for you. And I'm not saying long term care insurance is for everybody. What I'm saying is that we, we are in the uh, you know, we're there providing information to help families make informed decisions. And in what we say is that develop a plan, a plan for long-term care with your family, because it isn't just what, what's important to you. It's, it really impacts everybody. It's what I call a family, a family affair. And so think about it. It, 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 Think about what your plan is. It, it might be as, as Joyce, you mentioned, bringing a family member closer, um, you know, think about, think about the future. For some people, 
long-term care insurance makes sense. It doesn't make sense for everybody. And for some people, the felts, it makes sense, but there are private plans as well. So we have a very comprehensive website, and Jason mentioned it before, ltcfeds.com, that provides information in general, not only about our program, but in general. And we uh, have a guided planner tool there that will help you think about what what might make sense for your personal situation. It's very personal. It really depends upon your uh, your situation, your home situation, your budget, where you live, your health, your feelings about risk and planning. There's so many factors that come into it. And that's why um, uh, my staff and I spend a lot of time going out, talking to, to federal employees and their families. We go to uh, agencies and we go to conferences and we do webinars. We have a very comprehensive webinar program where you can learn all these things and put long-term care within the context of um, federal plan, of, of financial planning, caregiving, all the things that Joyce was saying about the, the federal um, life hacks, Fed life hacks, let me get that right, where we push out the information so that folks can, can put these types of things within the context of their personal lives. It's interesting to have you both talking about this. Uh, my parents just this week drove down to South Carolina to visit uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, who they haven't seen since, you know, last winter. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as she she's getting up there, almost 90 years old, and uh, thought about moving here to the DMV area, uh, found it to be too expensive and crowded, and so went down near, you know, my uncle, um, and, uh, is just down the road from him and his, his crew, um, down there. And so my, my mom and dad are driving down to visit them, but these discussions and, and these issues, like you said, uh, Joan, are our family matters dealing with health and dealing with issues that, that require connecting the dots and, and working together, um, you know, for, for the well-being of everybody. And, um, and and trying to get the, the maximum goodness out of out of life and, uh, and enjoy it as long as you can. And she's got a, a lovely new house down there that she's been breaking in over the past 18 months or so um, with a lot of help of having family close by and able to help. Yeah, and, and I think that's, as I mentioned before, and, and it's, a, <laughs> it's really nice that she's still in her own home and she's almost 90. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, and that's where... The um, if, if insurance works for you, the the FELSIP has a really comprehensive um, home health care benefit that allows you to continue to age in your home, which is what people really want to do. And when I say it's comprehensive, it allows you to uh, to have um, not only licensed home health care uh, providers come in and assist because families close by, but they need a break sometimes. And also we have what we call informal caregivers. So that's where family members who don't live with the person at the time can come in and be paid for the work that they do. And so that's a very um, differentiator for the FELSIP that will allow people to stay at home. We also offer caregiver training because what do you know about caregiving before you do it? And it, it, it gives you a chance to, to learn about how to do it. Um, we have things like stay-at-home benefits to provide um, monies to equip the house with handrails and ramps and things like that. So that, the, that all of that will help to ensure that anyone who has the insurance can continue to stay at home, which is where people want to be. They want to age in place. They sure do. Um, and it's uh, not all of our houses are built for that. And so it's, it's really great that the program covers not only the service, helping you get around, helping you do those daily activities, but making your home uh, uh, welcoming and you able to uh, continue on in that property. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network.
Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. One team working all three branches. Judicial, legislative, executive. Judicial. SB&R employment attorneys offer specialized legal representation for federal managers. Legislative. Lobbyists in government and public affairs advocating for corporate clients. Executive. Produces two free weekly newsletters, Fed Manager and Fed Agent. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth is your one destination for all three branches of government. Online at shawbransford.com. SB&R. Client-focused. Results-driven. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We're entering the second half of our program with Joyce Warner from FIA and Joan Mollinson from FedPoint. Before the break, we were talking a lot about healthcare impacts and things that are going on uh, during the pandemic. And one thing that I did want to make sure we mentioned for our listeners is some new guidance that the Office of Personnel Management put out last week on the $570 million emergency paid leave program for uh, federal workers and their family members. This is a program that is designed to and authorized by Congress to cover up to 15 weeks of paid leave so that you, uh, if you're recovering personally uh, from uh, the coronavirus or helping take care of um, a spouse or family member, a loved one, um, that's covered there. And again, just in this conversation related to um, health and wellness that we're having here on, on Fed Talk today. I wanted to make sure that our listeners are aware of that emergency paid leave program that Congress authorized. Um, it is open and available through the end of this fiscal year, so the end of September 2021. And you can ask your agency HR or benefits uh, administration officials if you have any specific questions about how to apply for that things like that. And I'm sure it's on the, uh, the OPM or the Chief Human Capital Officer Council websites. Um, but again, just wanted to, to, to offer that um, news brief for, for anyone who might not have seen that when it first came out um, this week. Um, well, we've, we've been talking a lot about, about health so far, um, uh, Joan and Joyce. But I, I wanted to also talk about kind of the other side of, of, of not physical health, but kind of me- mental health and, and, and education, and both for, uh, uh, for adults and especially for children. There's been uh, a lot of concerns with folks out of school and in different kinds of uh, situations with, with their access to, to learning and education. And I know this is another area that both FIA and FedPoint have been uh, doing some work around. So... Um, you know, can you give us an update on, on that side of things, Joyce? Yeah. So, you know, obviously when the, when the pandemic first hit, Kia was, Kia was jumping in with a lot of its traditional emergency. People are sick. Their spouses are sick. They're on leave without pay. They don't have masks and they've been recalled to work. We distributed like 7,000 masks early on when you couldn't get them reusable masks. But then sometime maybe like, September, October, Joan and I were on the phone and talking about what's affecting federal families now, right? Well, everyone went back to school, September and October, whether that was in person in very limited cases, hybrid or virtual. And we were already starting to hear from a lot of federal employee parents that this was a struggle, Um, not just navigating having the kids at home, which was part of the struggle while trying to work, but also having to also step in and, and tutor and teach and help kids with subjects. I, you know, I'm the parent of a senior and there's probably almost none of his classes that I could help with, full disclosure. Um, and so Joan and I brainstormed and I said, you know, I'd really love to do something for these families who are really struggling academically. And I'm worried that we're going to have a generation of kids fall behind. And at that point, um, we partnered to introduce a tutoring program, online tutoring, for children of federal employees who make under $100,000. And I will say that we launched this, we, we got it going November 1st, and we have had 9,500 kids enroll. 
um, 5,300 federal employees enrolled their children. It has been of, of huge interest. And so it's every subject K to 12. So that's early grade reading, one of the very popular subjects for people with lower grade kids. Someone to sit with them and coach them in early grade reading online um, and all the way up to AP physics. <laughs> you can also get coaching as parents. So some parents, and I've spoken to some of those parents are like, ah, I can't get them to be organized or I'm having trouble motivating them to do their homework. You can get a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with, a, with an educational coach to help you at home help your kids with those types of things. So um, 97, they do surveys, the partner we work with that does this online, 97% of the families are just so glad that Fee is offering this and are, would recommend it to a friend. So it's been very, very popular. Um, I have to say I have two favorite quotes from the kids. So they get quotes from the kids, the company who helps us with the tutors, right? Um, the first one is, um, this tutor is way better explaining these things than my mom. That's something my child would like. <laughs> okay. And then the second one, which I think is even more adorable, and I think it was from probably an early middle schooler. They said, uh, listen, I know I'm only a kid, but this tutor deserves a raise, which I also <laughs> thought was awesome. <laughs> Please listen to me, although I'm only a kid, which I thought was great. So we know that this has been very traumatic. For families and we don't want kids to fall behind and and I have to say uh, really FedPoint and the federal long-term care program came in at the beginning and then you know we got additional support from Blue Cross and Care First because the interest was so great and we're really hoping to be able to continue this into the next school year because we feel like there's going to be just a bunch of catch-up um, you know for many you know and it's it's no fault of the schools and the teachers but for many schools to accommodate either distancing or planning or technology, the actual school week has been shortened. Um, you know, where we live, it's only four days a week of school, really not five. They say one is virtual. So, you know, there's a lot of content and a lot of learning that has to be made up. And we want to be there to support families with that. Well, education has been one of our, um, one of FedPoint's major um, uh, initiatives because we educate federal family members about long-term care, about dental and, and vision and, and, and their benefits, as I, as I mentioned before. And, and since the beginning, um, this was a really nice uh, 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 sequitur to the scholarship program that, that you have, because we've been supporting the scholarship program uh, for, for many years, and, and that's to uh, provide money for uh, federal family, uh, the feds and their, their family members uh, to assist in going to college. And that's been a big initiative for us. Um, you know, we want people to, to make informed decisions about everything in their lives. And that is a real good tie-in to our mission um, as a company. And, um, and <laughs> speaking of the testimonials, and I don't have them with me, but all the letters, the thank you letters we would get from students who received a scholarship. It's just so heartwarming. And, and the caliber of all the students who are applying, I mean, that, that's a humbling experience when you look through those uh, applications. So it's been a, a wonderful initiative that we've loved um, partnering with, um, with um, FIA on, on providing. Yeah, and, and so I'm going to say a word about the scholarships, but in addition, um, with regard to the tutoring, the program is still open. So if you have a child um, who needs some extra help, and most of us do, um, you can get to that at fia.org forward slash tutor. Um, I say that because I know um, many states are having their um, standardized testing right now. AP exams run through the entire month of May, finals you know, we want to be here to help. It's not too late. You know, you within a week, you can get all your tutoring access. So don't delay <laughs> um, if you want to have access to that. And on the scholarship front, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we had, um, I think, about 2,700 applications this year. I think we'll give between two and 250 scholarships. Um, but I would say, and, and it's true, thank yous are wonderful, but we have a very broad and diverse applicant pool and selected pool. So we, our reviewers understand, you know, some families 
the students have to work or they have to care for a younger sibling. They may not be able to participate in every after school activity, either for funding or time constraint reasons. So we really look holistically at the kids and we really want to have the broadest, most diverse applicant pool and scholarship, ultimately scholarship recipients each year. So if you apply this year and you're wondering, you'll hear from us sometime in, in July. Um, and then we very rapidly turn around the payments from universities once you confirm exactly where you're going and you haven't changed your mind and all of those things. Um, but it, it is an exciting time. And if you have a student who's going to be in college or graduate school next year. Um, the application will be out this fall. We usually put it out sometime in October. So um, every year it's, it's a really exciting program. It is very moving. I have to take a moment to thank the over 200 people on the committee that pour over the applications and make recommendations to FIA. Um, that is also a huge, huge undertaking and we, and we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, thanks, Joyce. I think that that's, uh, you know, uh, another thing that I'll mention on the scholarship program, uh, it's not only for children of, of, of federal employees, but also if you are a Fed yourself yeah. who's interested in continuing your education and you may need, need a little help, this is a merit-based program. And so those volunteer reviewers from all across the country, you know, uh, take those into consideration. And I know that there are some years where we've seen both uh, separately selected, you know, uh, a, a, a federal parent and their child, you know, who's moving through uh, college or something. And, and I, I read those letters and those thank yous too. The appreciation from the families is huge and it's a great way to, to give back and help the community. Um, on the, you know, we, we just talked so much about education and everything. I think, you know, we should take a minute here to, to really publicly thank uh, and state our appreciation for those educators, for those teachers, for those resource officers and folks who have dealt with an incredibly challenging uh, set of circumstances that, you know, varies by you know, their municipality or their region and, you know, all parts of the country dealt with this a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, they were trying to keep their students, whether they were, you know, kids or young adults or, or, or full-fledged adults, uh, moving in the right direction and uh, expanding their minds and their opportunities. Um, and it's been really hard. Uh, and, you know, I, I know myself with uh, friends who had their own young kids at home that they were trying to watch while virtually schooling or potentially, you know, starting to get back into the classroom. It's a lot, it's a lot to ask and a lot to put on someone's plate, especially in a profession where we haven't always done it like this. We're trying to figure out how do you integrate the technology. And now that we're moving into this hybrid space with some people in, in buildings and some people at home, we, we don't want to let folks, uh, fall behind and, and uh, without fail, every one of those friends and colleagues who's in that position is trying as hard as they can to, to ensure that their students aren't falling behind. So I just want to share my appreciation for those folks. Um, and I'm, I'm sure my guests share that as well. Joan. Uh, yes, it's interesting you say that. We were, um, as I mentioned, we're in the uh, business of educating uh, federal family members um, uh, feds and the military on our, our programs. And we've always run the gamut from uh, things being on site. We do a lot of, a lot of travel and, and people like that one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, uh, contact, whether it's at health fairs or conferences or any events that we do. But we've also gone all the way to, as I say, high touch to high tech. And so we were very, very well positioned when when uh, COVID hit because we've always been in the arena of, of offering information on a digital basis. So we, we really have, um, but what we're seeing, I think in the future, it's gonna be a lot more of an emphasis on high tech. Not that the in-person is gonna go away, but we're gonna see uh, a lot more of the hybrid model with a big emphasis on, on uh, on um, uh, high tech and digital, it'll be very interesting to see where the conferences of the future are, the, the meetings, the health fairs, and 
all the way that information is distributed uh, and, and everybody's looking at that. And I know as work with the organization, so whether it's agencies or affinity groups, everybody's looking at it. What will the future be like? And we're looking at it not only for educational um, uh, uh, information distribution, but also in all the other aspects of our lives. So very fascinating times for all of us. It sure is. And we're going to unpack that and uh, muse about what the future looks like and the way forward for FedPoint and FIA and the public service after our final break. We're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We're entering the last segment of our show. Uh, and before the break, we started talking about kind of what the future may hold as we're coming out and through uh, the pandemic and wanted to get, you know, Joan and Joyce's thoughts a little bit more on, on kind of this notion of technology driving how we're, we're serving People in general, so whether they're beneficiaries of uh, uh, um, the federal long-term care insurance program, or using other federal health benefits, or they're tapping into some of, of FIA's, you know, services. What is that looking like? How are your organizations uh, positioning that information for folks to find, and uh, thinking about your own operations so that you can maybe meet them where they're at? Um, um, on the journey toward the future. Uh, and, and maybe Joan, we'll, we'll start with you on kind of like, what are some of the tools, what are some of the assets and resources that you all have been putting out there for folks um, during these times? Well, uh, Jason, when the program was implemented back in uh, 2002, there was a very small digital presence, but we always had a, a, a website and the vision was to make it a self-service website. Unlike other private um, insurance firms on the long-term care insurance arena, we do not have any uh, agents and they don't work on commission. Our goal is to bring a large number of people to our website and educate them then. If they at that time have any questions, we do have a call center and um, this is a pre-enrollment call center with consultants who um, are certified in long-term care. They're not on commission, but they'll answer any questions that you have because everybody needs a little bit of, a, of assistance when they're making a, a complex decision. It's nice to have um, just somebody that can weigh in on the things that you're doing. But we're really, our goal is to push people to the website to become educated. But if people want to call, it's 1-800-LTC-FEDS. And we pick up the phone. Um, we have very strict um metrics about how quickly to pick up the phone and you will get a, um, a person who can answer your question. You won't be uh, sitting on hold uh, for forever. Um, but um, the website has been designed to be self-serve. And what that means is all the information you'd ever want to know about long-term care in general is there. And then there is information about the federal long-term care insurance program. In addition to that, people will say, well, gee, well, I don't even know where to start. So you learn about, uh, about long-term care insurance and you also learn about the costs. What will it cost if I decide I'm retiring in a particular area? Because that changes a lot. So what's the cost of care depending upon your location? And um, so these tools are, are, are um, on the website with the most recent one being, and it gets back to the whole Starbucks uh, model of I want it, I want to customize it to me. You know, everybody's always saying, well, what's the average age when people purchase? How, what do people purchase? How much should they buy? It's, it really should be what makes sense for me, Joan Melanson? What makes sense for where I live, my view towards risk, my budget? Um, my support system, so many things come into play. So the guided planner tool on our website, which is ltcfeds.com, 
will help you go through the process and consider those variations. Um, and then again, as I mentioned, if you have questions, you can call our um, LTC consultants at 1-800-LTC-BEDS. The webinar program I mentioned before resides there. And that webinar program has a variety of topics and they're very, very general. And uh, uh, they are live and they're also recorded so you can access them at, at, at any time. When we went through the hybrid um, uh, benefits uh, open season back in November when there were no health fairs and we used to attend 400 of them, um, we did, we worked with all the agencies to do it virtually and we have the virtual benefits fair and we'll be doing that again this year because even if some of the health fairs happen, um, they're not all gonna be hap happening. It'll be a hybrid model and we will continue to support the conferences on a virtual basis that we did. Um, I've talked to people just like we're talking now at conferences and the difference being I wasn't there at the meeting, I was sitting in the, in my home and uh, and talking with them. And and, uh, and I think we're gonna get more advances into making a little bit more, um, it's easier. People get more comfortable with technology. They're becoming more engaged. And I think we will see, not that uh, in, in person will go away. I don't believe that, but I believe it'll be a combination. Thanks Joan for sharing those awesome resources again at ltcfeds.com. Joyce, thoughts on this question? So, you know, from a macro point of view, I, I just don't think we're going back to the way we were. Technology is only going forward at this point. And certainly uh, the pandemic has leapfrogged some expectations around technology, maybe for different individuals who weren't there. I'll give you an example. If my mother, who's almost 90, can get on Zoom with the family every Friday, every Saturday evening, you know, it's going to be an expectation that people yeah. continue to engage all kinds of ways virtually. So I will say that we at FIA were very lucky. Um, um, and maybe we had some, we saw the future in that we a few years ago made some serious investments to leapfrog our technology um, so that we can work remotely. It's part of our business continuity plan. So this little tiny organization kept going. I mean, we were doing everything we were doing, plus more to meet the needs of the pandemic. And I think that that is just an expectation. And I have to say, you know, if you, if you, two, two things I'll point out. One, I just do caution um, that everybody think about security more with IT. And I'm not just talking about the government, which of course has people tasked with doing that. But since FIA works with feds as, as humans, as people at home, um, we see things, we see more rampant scams coming on. So where you used to see email phishing as the primary mode, now it's the text. We know someone we had to help who had their bank account drained because they clicked on a text. They thought, was their bank or FedEx will send you texts saying, Oh, click here. They're trying, they're, they're, they're not stupid. These, these, uh, you know, criminals, right. They figure out how to get into your phone, take over your two factor and hack your account. So the technology is great. We just encourage everybody to really slow down. Don't click, <laughs> don't click on anything pretty much. And if you're not sure, get out your ATM card and call the phone number on the back and ask the bank. So that's one thing I want to say. But I want to say also, like, it's going to be an expectation for talent retention, I think, in the government. People don't want to go back to five days a week in the office if they don't have to. There are certain industries, security related or you know, obviously healthcare, where you're a healthcare provider, obviously those aren't going to change. But if we think about, you know, GSA for Public Service Recognition Week has come up with the Gov Possible um, slogan and logo. And boy, was this the year that we saw what gov was possible. Social security checks were paid. Stimulus checks were paid. NASA had the Mars rover. The FDA <laughs> assessed and reviewed the treatments and the vaccines. I mean, it was possible. And I think if you had asked us theoretically if it was possible a few years ago, people would have 
rolled their eyes. But and it was a painful in the beginning, but it was possible. And I think that's like the gov possible. What we would have thought of as mission impossible definitely became gov possible. And I want to thank everybody, um, all the federal employees, who, this public service recognition week, who who did everything to keep America going. I, I agree, Joyce. I mean, that's amazing. Um, and and the same with us. We were positioned because of our business continuity plan to work from home. We had to pivot. People had to adjust to a different lifestyle. Um, but uh, we didn't skip a beat in providing all the the um, the benefits and pay our, pay our claims um, and and continue. We just move forward. But um, I agree. This is we've got a new normalcy coming up. I don't know what it's going to be. We can all sit. We could sit here for for a long time and speculate. But um, it will be um, interesting. And and the only thing we can say for certainty is what you said that digital is going to be improved. It's going to be better and better. And um, it's going to be a part of our our lives. Not completely, but it's going to be there which will help in terms of the isolation I talked about before for, for older people, because that was really, I think, in addition, the kids were really impacted severely, severely and the older folks were because of the isolation. And, and that was very, it was very tough for, for family members. Right, you know, technology is bringing us together in new and interesting ways and driving our world faster and faster and Joyce it really is incredible you know the things that that government has made possible and that public servants at all different levels uh working to keep their communities you know safe and uh dealing with the the pandemic and other crises facing the country it it has really been a uh, an interesting time and it's great to see um you know after Frankly, much of the past decade, it was challenging even to get a resolution out of the White House honoring and recognizing Public Service Recognition Week. You know, this time, uh, no problems at all. You know, the White House and and leadership has been fully engaged. And um, the General Services Administration put out this great toolkit that Joyce uh, cited, focused on GovPossible, which you can find on performance.gov slash PSRW, the Partnership for Public Service, has also um, stepped up their efforts and continued to share a ton of, of wonderful resources for the community. And uh, I think I can probably speak for our guests when when we say, and, and thank you to all of our listeners out there, but also that this, this thank you isn't limited to this week alone. And uh, we really appreciate the work that, that all of our listeners and public servants across the country and the world are doing um, every single day. Uh, well, we're in our, our final uh, two minutes here of our public service partnerships conversation. Uh, I've so appreciated having uh, Joan and Joyce with us here again on, on Fed Talk, longtime friends of the show. Uh, Joan and Joyce, any parting words, last minute things that you wanted to share with our audience before we we sign off Fed Talk today? I would merely say that uh, take the time and use it to your advantage to uh, uh, think about your your family and what's important to you and plan for the for the future. And there's so many resources available now, much more than than were available before technology entered and everything you need to know is, is available. You just need to take the time to really look at it and apply it to your own lives and situation. I would just say, you know, congratulations to everybody on Public Service Recognition Week. You can learn more about FIA's programs at FIA.org. Our combined federal campaign number is 11185. I always forget to say that, and then I get yelled at when I get back to the office. Um, and then and then please consider joining us for the Feds in Motion Challenge at FIA.org Challenge. It's a great opportunity to kind of break into a new space and get more movement in your life this month. Awesome. Well, thank you both again, Joyce and Joan, for being with us. Thank you to our listeners for being with us and for your service. That's all the time we've got. Fed Talk is brought to you by the Federal Employment Law Firm of Shaw, Bransford & Roth. Have a great rest of the day and a great weekend.